You are listening to I Doubt It with me, your host, Jesse Dolliman, a podcast dedicated to free-thinking discussion, ideas, skepticism, but most importantly, a good time. back to the show as always we start the show by kissing your ass and telling you with what great thanks we have that you are listening to each and every episode as many times as you possibly can yes thank you <laughs> uh i am jesse dollimore across from me is my co-host Brittany page right here hello the one and only english speaking Brittany page <laughs> Like I said, we we start the show off every single time. I almost said every day, but we don't do a show every day. Start, Soon we will. Well, it's 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 uh, starting to be that way, or seem that way. Not that I'm regretting or begrudgingly doing a show. But you did just yawn before starting the I show, and now you're saying it feels big, like every day. It was a big healthy yawn. Um, wanted to definitely start the show by kissing your ass and telling you thank you so much. We appreciate you. Uh, we know that it, it does take effort to get in there every single day or every single time you listen and log on and subscribe and rate and review and do all of the different tasks that we're asking you to to do. We appreciate you doing them, and they are absolutely mandatory. We <laughs> we expect them. We have several ratings and reviews on iTunes, and we we need more, more. We appreciate what we do have, though. Okay, Definitely. no, we don't. That was a hateful <laughs> look that I just got for saying that. It is not enough, people. Not enough. So get at get at us on Facebook. Um, the I doubt it with Dollamore Facebook page. Um, you can see a lot of the things that we post each day or each t each episode. And get at us definitely on Twitter. I do have an I doubt it podcast Twitter account that is really underutilized right now because I'm still just plugging along with my at Dollamore. So. Hit me there, and we will interact. Yay! It's mystical. But definitely, if you have the inclination, if you have the time, get at us. Uh, get us a review slash rating on iTunes. And which leads me, mysteriously, to the fact that we, this last week, it's a it's ever-sliding ranking system that iTunes uses, and it's very mysterious. They don't give any details relative to how it works or what their algorithm is or whatever. But I took a screenshot, and we were listed 125th place ranking-wise. We were ahead of the Dennis Miller Show, which is a nationally syndicated radio show, and we are thrilled by yeah. that strange news. Maybe it was just a glitch. <laughs> it was based on the top 300 is what they ranked, too. The That's top. right. I think they only ranked the top 300. So if we're out of the 300, we're, we're not. Yeah. So absolutely thank you very much. Keep spreading the word. Let's make this thing happen. We are very pleased with our progress so far. 657-464-7609. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. We would love to hear from you. So I did want to ambush Brittany on this ninth episode. I watched a conversation with her today, 
and someone asked her a very innocuous question because they wanted to talk about a TV show. Mm. Do you remember this happening? No. Someone, I was facing you, their back was turned to me, mm -hmm. and they asked you simply, um, do you watch Big Bang Theory? Uh. <laughs> and you very incredulously answered, uh, no. No. With disgust. No. Yes. I just did a very polite, no. No, it was not. It was, how dare, it was like asking if she had asked you, do you drink the blood of uh, newly born kittens? <laughs> I'm sure it was not no, like that. It was, you were horrified. Okay, well, you know what? Maybe I was because it is not a good show. I don't watch that show. And no, <laughs> I do not watch that show. So how about that? Mm, see, she, the veneer just peeled away. And I'm now, just being honest. Now everyone knows. I've tried to watch it. I've. I wouldn't go as far as to say I tried to watch it. I've tried, but I have, I've watched a scene or dos. Well, they played it in a psychology class of mine one time. I forgot what was being illustrated. Probably that they can just watch TV shows in college yeah. and pass it off as knowledge. <laughs> yeah, it's very upsetting. But I remember we, we probably watched like a seven-minute clip of it. Mm. and it's Seven minutes of TV that you paid to have taught to you yeah the majority of people were laughing i just i don't know i just didn't find it yeah funny. every clip i've ever seen seems a little overwrought not not very funny that's you know that's the interesting thing about tv i think it's probably always been this way except when there was only three channels and there was only five shows but then you were just you're fucked you have to listen to what they, they give you yeah uh it's interesting that there are lots of shows that people that are, they love that we think are turds um, How I Met Your Mother is another show that is beloved, but I don't know that it's a turd, but I just could never get into it. I've never tried to watch it, so I don't know. But, you know, conversely, there are shows that we love that people, it's not even that they don't like them, it's that they, who was the guy the other night? We were talking about Deadwood. We were at that wine bar talking about Deadwood to a guy. Yeah. And he, well, his first reaction was, I don't like Westerns. First of all, <laughs> for those of you who have not watched Deadwood, it is set in Gold Rush days in Deadwood, South Dakota. I don't know that I would label it a, a Western, though. Yeah, I mean, compared to the typical Western films, it's definitely not in that realm. It, I believe, I think we read this the other day, that and by we, I mean you, and you told me. <laughs> I can't read. I don't remember reading uh, something about Deadwood. Yeah, the it holds the record. Oh! Yeah, it holds the record for the number of times. Why don't you look that up? It holds the record for the number of times the word fuck was said over the course of three seasons. So it's a show that only had like 56 episodes, 38 episodes, something... Not a lot. It's not like a a ten year run like Cheers or something. And they set the record within that three years for how many times the word "fuck" was said. And I'm sure there's other phrases that they could have tallied that would they would have set the mark too. But "fuck's" just an easy an easy barometer. Two thousand nine hundred and eighty. <laughs> Two thousand nine hundred eighty times. The F word yes. was said over the course of three seasons. Three seasons. Does it say how many episodes? 
um, I think 36. 36 episodes. That sounds about right. I think it's about a 12, a 12 uh, episode season. So 2,980 times the word fuck was said over three seasons. It's an awesome show. That should just give you some kind of a, an idea of how wonderful the show is. They also liked the C word, which is a pet word of mine I love, but I'm not going to bust it out now. And cocksucker, too. I guess that's a C word, too. Yeah, the, the thing about Deadwood is I was kind of bored by it at first. I don't know why now when I watch it, because anytime it's on, I have to watch it. Because Ian McShane, who plays Al Swearingen, is... He's just amazing at playing Al Swearingen. It is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. I always hear people say Beyonce is my spirit animal or, you know, something ridiculous. And I, I found myself thinking while I watched that show, I wish Al Swearingen was my spirit animal, which sounds kind of terrible because he's a terrible person, but he's just like he's an awesome character. Yep. He is. He definitely is. It also has uh, Anna Gunn. I'm not going to get into the whole show, but Anna Gunn from Breaking Bad, Tim- Timothy Oliphant from uh, Justified. From Justified, he's in it. It's an awesome show. If you haven't seen it, go steal HBO and watch it because it is fantastic, life changing, one of the best shows ever made. And it's a bummer that it it got canceled be- or they didn't renew the contract or whatever because it wasn't getting as stellar reviews as they had expected. And if you have seen it. Or if you're going to watch it, my favorite characters are Jewel and Richardson. So that says a lot about me, I think. But I love those two characters. So we've digressed here. But what happened is I asked him, the the guy at the bar, have you ever seen Deadwood? And he he snidely "Eh," said, I don't like Westerns. When it's it's David Milch, the, the writing is just out of control it's not a goddamn western david milch is the creator of the series yeah he's, he's also a writer for nypd blue he's got a very specific cadence to the dialogue it's it's just it's awesome yeah so deadwood is an example of a really good show that people cannot like now there's other shows out there like this recently brian fisher has come out against modern family and i don't think there's any way he's actually watched the show based on the things that he said about it. Yeah. One of the most popular shows on television, Modern Family, and you have uh, you have the guy from Married with Children who's married to a young, attractive Latina woman with a kid from another marriage. You've got the heterosexual couple with the stereotypical family. They're the most challenged, or as we dare we say, the most screwed up. And then we have the same-sex male family where we have a man and a man in a loving, committed relationship that just ha- doesn't have any, any problems. Okay, that's completely inaccurate, and anyone who watches the show will know. The gay couple is Mitch and Cam, and they're almost constantly at odds with one another because they're complete opposites. Right. Mitch is very type A. He's a lawyer. He's very organized. Cam is more... It's like the odd couple. Yeah. Cam is more flamboyant. He's more open. He's a little bit more crazy and dramatic. And they're con- that's kind of one of the funny things about the show is their relationship because they are always arguing about something. Well, it's also the, the, the manner in which he portrays the straight daughter, Claire and Phil, that they're married. Oh, that's just doom, g- doom and gloom and they're totally dysfunctional and 
uh, painting this almost like it's a loveless marriage or something when they paint that marriage just like they paint the same-sex marriage couple because it is loving and committed and wonderful. It's yeah. a wonderful marriage. Yeah. They 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 have devoted love and tiresome tireless love for one another. Yeah. They have three beautiful children. It's a it's the prototypical nuclear family. Yeah. It's just they crack wise. It's very funny. Yeah. The, the controlling mother. There's nothing shitty about it. It's awesome. Yeah, well, and it's just like any other relationship. Of course, they show them have issues, and then there's resolution to the issues. And that happens in the gay couple. That also happens with Gloria and Jay, the older male with the younger, hot, young wife. She's hot. And so every couple... I bet she can speak Spanish. She can. Every couple... <laughs> um, Every couple speaks... Every couple... <laughs> I'm throwing you off. I'm in your head. Every couple has its issues and is able to overcome overcome those issues Absolutely. and they're all in loving committed relationships that are good family situations and they also the extended family they all communicate one another with one another in a healthy there's it's not completely it's not this sterile hospital like atmosphere they, they there's breakdowns of communications there's insecurities there's the dad just coming to grips with his son being gay and kind of coming around to it and being okay with it but being very uncomfortable with it previous it's it's a natural normal kind of thing that you would expect a family to go through with an old-fashioned dad yeah it's certainly not painting this image of the gay couple being perfect and everything else is terrible no not definitely not and he goes on any any problems and apparently uh the promotion on abc has allowed this show to, to be very popular and it does impact people, and you have good Christians that turn the other cheek that don't want to be labeled as intolerant, and yet they don't want these values on, on, on the airwaves. What values? The yeah. com committed, loving relationships where there's communication, where there's no abuse in the household. These aren't poverty-stricken households. People have jobs. They're taking care of their families. Love. I just, I don't understand what they're talking about. But, well, it's... It's because it doesn't fit the Christian normative way of thinking. This guy's particular flavor, then it's it's a detriment. It's it's not a good it's not good family values. Yeah. When if it was a show about poverty, living in in the ghetto, and oh, we're just scraping by, that's okay because it's you're the same as me. You have sex the same way as me, so it's okay. There's no gay stuff. It's good. <laughs> as long as there's no gay stuff. Too much gay stuff going on is bad. Yeah. <laughs> this guy, I think we might have another truth wiener on our hands. It's very possible. We need to get this guy hooked up to the mercury... In rubber, whatever. Cremisteric response indicator machine gigger. No? Mm -mm. No. Okay. No. <laughs> I don't know words. <laughs> <laughs> well, and he goes on. You can't keep this guy from going on. They don't want these values on, on, on the airwaves. Well, and, you know, what's illustrated there is is the way that the media influences the way that people think about life. You know, the, the portrait there that's being presented is in is designed 
to make you think that same-sex households are wonderful, they're loving, this is paradise, this is the optimum nurturing environment for children, to make you think that heterosexual marriage is, is, is bondage, it's dreary, it's gloomy. You know, and we know the, that the social research indicates exactly the, the opposite. Let me clue you in there, buddy, to what the optimum loving environment is for children. It's to have people love them. It's to have people be devoted to them. I grew up in a Christian household, and I'm not going to say my mom did not love me, or that my parents, as broken as a home as we had, didn't love me, but a lot of shit could have been different. And it was still a Christian household. So I'm also kind of curious what he is talking about when he says the social research. If he could reference that social research while he's talking, that would be great. You're asking a lot of a guy. Um, I think... You want him to cite these quote-unquote facts that he's using come on now well it might be nice i just i'm kind of confused what he's talking about because the american psychological association has an official stance on homosexual couples and homosexual child rearing and that official stance is there is no scientific evidence that parenting effectiveness is related to parental sexual orientation Lesbian and gay parents are as likely as heterosexual parents to provide supportive and healthy environments for their children. And it cites four different studies for that one statement. And this, this statement can be found online at the APA website. They, it's kind of weird to me that they would need to take a stance on this to show people, hey, there's not an issue here. It's just weird to me that people are mad about homosexual households when there's proof, scientific social research proof, that living in poverty, coming from a single-parent household, these are things that are truly damaging on adult outcomes of children. And He's talking about an ideal situation like that's so common. I don't know where he's coming from with this statistic, thinking that families that there's this ideal perspective or this ideal model for raising a child when it's over 50% of marriages in this country end in divorce. There are facets within different demographics that well over 50% of children are born out of wedlock. It's, we should, and I'm not saying we should just, you know, shoot for, oh, let's just shoot for the lowest goal that we can, but let's put things in perspective. I know many, many Christians, many good Christian households, and with, who have parents that have been divorced multiple times. That's, that's damaging to children. So if you can find kids, and in this particular case of modern family, if you can find, they, 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 they adopted a, a little Vietnamese girl, a lot of gay couples will adopt kids with disabilities, kids with, with learning disabilities, with uh, deformative uh, ailments, cleft palates, foreign kids from terrible, rescuing them from terrible, terrible situations, orphanages, abuse. They do a good thing. 
it's kind of interesting to me that there are the main concerns that the APA was responding to in their official statement and stance on homosexual relationships and the three concerns that are associated with lesbians and gays being parents are that lesbians and gay men are mentally ill. That's the first concern. Wow. Um, there's actually mentally ill people who are parents. Being gay is not a mental disorder. And there's actually mentally ill people that are parents. Now, why aren't, isn't there legislation being passed that schizophrenics can't have kids? Why is he not on his radio show or whatever the hell program he has screaming about the mentally ill i mean of course i don't agree schizophrenics should be able to have kids just because you're mentally ill doesn't mean you're incapable of having a child mental illnesses are treatable and you can get treatment and be productive and have a healthy life and raise healthy children but i'm saying if they're going to say that one of their concerns is that lesbians and gays are mentally ill yeah. Well, there's really mentally ill people that have kids, so I don't hear anybody whining about that. Right. They're not screaming from the rooftop. The second concern is that lesbians are less maternal than heterosexual women. There's plenty of parents that are not very maternal. Yeah. But I don't hear that as a concern anywhere else. The third concern, lesbians and gay men, their relationships with their sexual partners leave little time for their relationships with their children. What about poor households where they have to work all the time and their kids are left alone? Or what about rich households where all they do is work all the time and their kids are left alone? Exactly. It's, 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 they're just they're grasping at straws to attack this particular pet project of theirs. Because, again, they need the wiener device hooked up as quick as possible and have some gay porn flashed up in front of them so we can really see what's going on here. And, again, research shows that lesbian and gay parents are as likely as heterosexual parents to provide supportive and healthy environments for their children. And he continues. It's exactly the, the opposite. You know, that's the danger. It's just like getting a, a little bit of, of, of poison over a long period of time, eventually get enough accumulation there where it can be kind of lethal to the organism. And I think that's what you're seeing with a lot of this programming. That's what he's seeing with a lot of this programming is that it's poison. It's a slow arsenic drip into your bloodstream that makes you be allergic to healthy, loving, committed, consensual relationships? Is, is that what he's getting at? Yeah, what is the issue? Shouldn't we just be happy when there is a child that is in a family that is loving, that can provide for them? Well, he, what he doesn't go on, what he doesn't mention at all is Jay and Gloria, which is one of the other the 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 couple with the the older gentleman, the Ed O'Neill from uh, modern uh, from um, Married with Children, he's divorced. They're they're not going on and on and on about how he's divorced, and that's a sin. That's against biblical teaching. So, what God has set together, let no, no man tear asunder. He's they're not railing about that. It's only the queers that they got issue with. Gay stuff. Gay stuff. And he continues. Oh, God. <laughs> what you're saying with a lot of this programming, but it has to do with kind of the, the basic view of morality and marriage and life and family that people have. It's very corrosive. People are just watching TV to be entertained, not realizing that their view of life is being twisted in a way that's very harmful to them and harmful to our culture. Let me tell you what's corrosive 
there, Brian Fisher. Your warped, twisted, hateful, shitty view of life. That's what's corrosive. Corrosive like an acid that breaks down the fabric of our society. You are a broken cog in the wheel that is America. And your days are fucking numbered because history will show in 10 years, I used to say in 40 years, things will be different and we'll see the folly of our ways. I don't even think we're 40 years away. In 10 years, we will look back and think, what a hateful bigot. Just like we look back on the civil rights movement and think, what the fuck was George Wallace thinking? What were those terrible racists thinking? We're, we're going to think the exact same thing about you. And you can't, you can't hide behind Jesus because it's basic human decency we're talking about. Little heavy? Just a little bit. <laughs> Maybe I should just like buy a laugh track and have a laugh track playing in the back? Like a studio audience? Um, no, that wouldn't have made sense for that. Maybe a gasp <laughs> or like people crying and running away. Yes. I wish I had this guy's phone number because I would definitely give it out. Or like a, a bomb dropping because you just dropped a bomb. Yeah. <laughs> Although then I would get all the, oh, you're advocating violence. Blah, blah, blah. Possibly. I'm not. I'll tell you who we're advocating violence against. I'm kidding. We're not advocating violence against Oh, anyone. he's going to... Oh, actually, he won't get his violence. He won't. Douche chill. What is this week's winner's name? He is a member of the DuPont family. Robert H. Richards IV. Douche chill. Robert H. Richards IV. Douche chill. He's a member of the DuPont family. If uh, you are unaware, the DuPont... You've heard of DuPont Chemicals. I was unaware, so. Um, I think they are responsible. This is off the top of my head, so don't fact check me. But I think that they hold patents for um, the Bulletproof Vest and Kevlar. They created Kevlar. There's lots of products that have the DuPont name on them. They're a chemical company and based out of De uh, Dover, De Delaware. Anyway, somewhere in Delaware. It's a giant fucking trailer park for the most part. So, Robert H. Richards IV, Douche chill. one of the heirs to the DuPont fortune, admitted in June of 2008 that he had raped his three-year-old daughter. Serially raped his three-year-old daughter. The girl told her grandmother about the 2005 abuse and said that her father had said it was our little secret, but that she didn't want, quote, my daddy touching me anymore. He was originally charged with two counts of second-degree rape, but accepted a last-minute plea deal on fourth-degree rape charges, a Class C violent felony that usually comes with over two years of jail time. Prosecutors sought only probation, and Judge Jan Jordan agreed, sentencing him to an eight-year prison sentence, but commuting all the prison time in favor of probation. Douche chill! Probation. Because he comes from a billionaire. I mean, there's only there's the only reason I can conceive of. I, I know what her reason was, but the only reason I can conceive of that they would have done this is because of his connect his connections. That he comes from a billionaire family, multiple times serially raped his three year old, his own flesh and blood, and he admitted to it. Admits to it, and his wife is now bringing charges that he raped his son too. As an infant. As an infant. So, 
Also, judges occasionally refuse to send felons to prison if they are ill or frail. But Richards, you see, is a six foot four man. And he's, I've seen pictures. He's not like a, he doesn't have a swimmer's body. He's a big strapping dude. He's a big guy. And for a judge to use the, 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 the what was the phrase again? That she just didn't think he could, he would do well in prison. Yes. Didn't think he would do well. I had a friend, uh, and we were talking about this on Facebook, and she very aptly put it, he won't do well in prison. Isn't that the point? Yeah. Isn't that the point that he isn't going to do well in prison? I you know what? If you, it's this same thing that's happening. And look, I'm not, I'm not a big attacker of the 1%. And that, it bums, this article and this story bums me out for that reason. Because all over the headlines, across the, the gamut of different news agencies, you're seeing it reported as 1% or blah, 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 blah. It's a that's a bummer because it's just cementing that viewpoint. Well, it's also subtracting from what the article is. Absolutely, but the overarching issue here relative to sentencing is the kid in Texas who killed four people. Affluenza. In a af the affluenza defense. That's right. He killed four people in a drunk driving accident, and he got completely let off, and they're sending him to rehab. One of these fucking resort rehabs down here in Newport Beach, California, here in Orange County, just a stone's throw away from where we're sitting right now. It's probably one of those holistic ones where he'll get massages. No, no, and... they they interviewed the people who who run the place, and he gets equine time, he gets horseback riding, he gets yo yoga, all the bullshit. Can I go there? Yeah, right. It's a vacation. And I think I guess it's worth four hundred thousand or five hundred thousand, and I'm just pulling numbers out off from from memory. But it's a ridiculously expensive place. Yeah. So the defense attorney in in the previous case we talked in the Dupont fortune case with Robert H. Richards the fourth. Douche chill. The defense attorney came out and said that you know sex offenders are the lowest of the low in prison, and that he's a rich white boy who is a wuss and a child perv. The prison can't protect them. And Jan Jordan knows that reality. She's right on. Well, the thing is, he's on probation now. So even if it's supervised probation, what is to stop him from going and raping another child? He's on probation. I get that. But you're on probation. You can reoffend. And the whole point of ch keeping a child molester locked up is that there's not a cure for them. You're keeping them from reoffending. And... Other than trying to do some kind of therapy on their sexual attraction to children, I mean, are they going to do something like that with him? I mean, what is the, what are they going to do to make sure that he's not going out there to reoffend? He raped Nothing. a three-year-old. I mean, there's Nothing. something wrong with and this person. And allegedly, an infant molested his infant son. Yeah, we allegedly did. We don't know. Yes. But let me say something. I can tell you what they don't have in prison. Well, let's first cover what they do have. They have murderers, and they have rapists, and they have thieves. Armed robbers. Yeah, they have them. They have check forgers, and they have gang members, and they have gun runners, and they have drug dealers. I'll tell you what they don't have. Three-year-old babies. They don't fucking have babies for you to rape. So that's where you need to be. Because out in the real world, with people who are on probation, people who are on probation for petty theft, those type of people, 
the reason that they're on probation is because they're not a detriment to society. They're not a threat to those around them. You need to be locked away because you are a threat. And someone else that, that I deem a threat, Judge Jordan. Douche chill. She needs to be removed from the bench. She needs to be impeached from her position because of her... Refusal to take into consideration a child's well-being? Yes. Her clear lack of judgment. Her clear lack of empathy for the victim. Has she released a statement? Because I feel like she should release a statement to explain herself. I don't know. The story's very new, so I don't think so. But I'll... I would say that everyone in our audience should probably call and see what her statement would be. And if you have questions for the district court in Delaware, you can call Judge Jordan's administrative clerk. Um, the number is 302-255-0800. I'm sure that they have probably by now prepared a statement, and they would love to let us know what that statement is. So again, get your pen out, get it ready. 302-255-0800. And if you have a fax machine handy, which, you know, some households, it's 1975, uh, 302-255-2274. That's the fax number for Judge Jordan's chambers. And that phone number is also for her chambers. Uh-oh, this is going to be trouble. Hey, man. She's a public figure. She's paid with taxpayer money. And she is not doing her job. Putting the public at risk. She's absolutely putting the public putting at risk. Putting our little, most innocent members of the public at risk. That's it. She, The least among us, the most innocent among us. The, the ones most, that deserve the most protection. The most protection. That's exactly right. She's. It's not that she's failing the most able among us. She's failing the least among us. The ones who she is absolutely duly sworn to protect and gave one of the most capable men a pass he's six foot four he's a white man right she needed to probably check his privilege <laughs> <laughs> some kind of pri privilege was needing to be checked before laying down the sentence yes all right we're gonna change gears a little bit here um we're gonna get off the child rapists Oh, great. Yeah. Thank you. And as many of you know, well, those of you who are conscious, conscience, conscious, wow. for those of you who are conscious, I still didn't say it right. No, you didn't. Conscious. Oh, fuck. What's happening? I quit. Hey, everybody. We'll see you later. This has been you speaking Now it's English. I Doubt It with Brittany Page. <laughs> um, it, this is the 3rd of March, April. God damn, what is wrong with me? I don't know. Today's the 3rd of April, and April Fool's just passed. And typically, I am a hater of April Fool's, because it's fucking dumb. And there's never anything original. It's all, oh, I got engaged, or I'm pregnant, or... I painted your soap with nail polish. Yeah, it's dumb. It's dumb shit. I put saran wrap over the sink. There's a local radio station here. Local radio station. Why do I say that? I know. What you, KFI in L.A. No, it was uh, the, the one that was doing the, the, the Spanish translation. And then they had all these angry callers. This is America calling in. It was dumb, just dumb. It's tired. It's bullshit. If you're a radio station, just shut the fuck down on April Fool's. Don't Just don't even broadcast. That's the ultimate April Fool's joke. So we don't have to listen to your terrible bullshit programming. That 
is my idea. However, and this might be the only time, I guess we have already talked about NPR when they fired Juan Williams, but this will be a very rare thing that we talk about NPR on this program because NPR blows. Unless you like your podcast and your radio like this, NPR played a very funny joke on this is almost, I know, <laughs> terrible. That so, was the best snoring noise I could do. N- NPR played maybe the best, smartest April Fool's joke that I've ever seen. They posted on Facebook. I tell you what, you're, you're more aware of what's going on, so you, you explain it. Well, they posted an article on Facebook, and it said... Why doesn't America read anymore? And it was an NPR.org link. And so if you're scrolling through Facebook and you're looking through your timeline, you'll see, okay, NPR just posted this and they said, what has become of our brains? And it's an article that says, why doesn't America read anymore? And if you clicked on the link, it took you to a page that said, congratulations, genuine readers, and happy April Fool's Day. We sometimes get the sense that some people are commenting on NPR stories that they haven't actually read. If you are reading this, please like this post and do not comment on it. Then let's see what people have to say about this story. Best wishes and have an enjoyable day. Your friends at NPR. Classic, awesome, genius, hilarious. And what ensued... (laughs) <laughs> was actually even even funnier. People started commenting, of course, because this is what Facebook is. People don't really read articles. They don't really read what's going on. And just some of the comments were, really, I read every day. After donating 100-plus books and boxing up books, the bookshelves and magazine rack is still overflowing. Ugh, humble brag. Um, because it's so much easier to have overpaid, politically biased people on television tell us what we should think, and we drink it all in, never questioning anything. 150-plus books per year, plus between 50 and 100 pages of peer-reviewed medical, scientific, health, and health policy content per day. There are more of us than you think. Wow. <laughs> That is awesome. Talk about a humble brag. That is that. Uh, by that's the not way, even a humble brag. That's just <laughs> bragging. That's Heather Gray. God, I, we're going to put a link to this on the Facebook page because this is one of the greatest things that has ever happened to me. <laughs> I've had a very boring life. It just shows how up your own ass oh, you are. Man. All these people. Well, it's. Listen, I don't want to generalize uh, the NPR demographic or the NPR audience, but there's a lot of people who are right up their own ass. There's a lot of Jezebel subscribers who are NPR fans. Let's just say that. Well, I think this just speaks to the issue of people reading headlines and, you know, there's all these memes that are constantly shared on Facebook, you know, that GMO study with the corn that explodes the rats in their, their bellies. Mm. And, you know, you just, people just read these memes or they read a headline and they adopt it in their mind as a fact. And everything you read is not a fact. When you read a headline and it piques your interest, maybe you should click on it. And then read it. Yeah. And really investigate what it's trying to say. If it's a study, pull the study. Read the study. If it's a meme and it's not citing anything and it's making bold claims about genetically modified organisms, take some time to investigate that rather than sharing it and just blindly doing 
that. And, and and Brittany's not she's not admonishing our audience, you out there, because we know you're intelligent. You clearly have the brains enough to tune into the show. So what we're doing is trying to we are trying to admonish you to start calling out the fakers and the posers, especially on Facebook. It's complete bullshit. The stuff that I see on Facebook that never gets called out. And and I'm I'm making the pledge right now. We need to name the pledge. We need to name it something. But I'm going to take the pledge. We'll come up with a name. I'm going to I'm taking the pledge. I'm going to start calling out the posers. Punkin the posers. I'm going to start punkin the posers about all their bullshit. I already call out the posers and I'll tell you every time I have it has resulted in something hilarious because People who were sharing these, like, GMO memes and all these things that, you know, have no basis in fact, when you call them out and ask them to just explain themselves, well, where are you getting this information? Where is this information from? Did you, you know, what's going on here? They immediately start insulting. And if they don't immediately start, it's about one or two comments in. Yeah. Well, it's because that's their only resort. Yeah. Is name calling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I am a dumb bitch, but, you know, (laughs) I don't need to hear it all the time. Someone's going to be very happy that you just said that. (laughs) Yeah. For those that are counting Britney's curse words. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) that's not a real one, though. (laughs) Oh, man. So anyway, we really wanted to share this with you because, hey, NPR You've got one notch up. So now you've got about 420,000 notches to go to get to zero since you're, you're in integer numbers now. The, the site that reported the NPR prank at the end, it says, uh, drink in the shame dickweeds. And I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. There's another one. So uh, this, well, this goes right in line. The reason why we're not readers anymore the reason why we've become this dumbed-down, lowest common denominator culture is because of magazines. Well, not even just this magazine. Go check out at the grocery store any place in America, and you're going to see it is a whirlwind of retardation. It is OK Magazine. It is National Enquirer. It is Weekly World News. It is Us. It is people. It is anything with Kim Kardashian on the cover. Anything with Rachel Ray on the cover. It's terrible. There aren't, there aren't intellect. The New Yorker isn't sold. And that's a little hoity-toity up their own ass kind of an intellectual magazine. But it's cosmopolitan. Cosmopolitan with their wacky headlines. Hey, ladies. 12 places to touch a man on his penis that'll drive him wild. Let me tell you, ladies, listen, (laughs) let me give you a little, I'm going to tell you the secret. Get your guys out of the room because I'm going to, I'm going to spill the beans. Are you ready? All right. Here's, here's the secret. The place that you touch your man on the penis that'll, that'll drive him wild. It's right anywhere, (laughs) anywhere on his penis will be good. That's where you touch it. You can touch it right square on the top of the pee hole, and that is good to go. 
Okay, so that's, anywhere. that's just, I mean, Cosmopolitan says tons of things that are inaccurate, too. It's not just that they're saying dumb stuff. What was it we were talking about the other day that you said that if, if your man's had a tough day at work. Oh, God. <laughs> if your man's had a tough day at work. It's probably a good idea for you to give up the butthole. No, it's actually if him. you've been successful at work. Oh, successful at work. Yes. Oh, oh, and that successful. makes more sense. Like as a like a yeah celebration. Yeah, you're super powerful, and so what's the most powerful thing to do is cave in the butthole. Mm-hmm. Give up the beehole. Yeah, it's very disturbing <laughs> that a magazine would be telling people this, and not only that, but they also say you know that that if you want to try something new with your man that you should get in his beehole. And I hang on, hang on. I want to be clear since I am I am I am now dispensing advice. Listen, ladies, listen, listen, listen. I want to I want to tell you a secret. I want to tell you just hey, back away from your mic. It's just us. We're just talking. I want to tell you just how much your man likes you to, to dig around back there in the bee hole. Are you ready? None. <laughs> Zero. No bee hole action. Well, some guys do. Nah. No, some guys do. Nah. Yes, some heterosexual men do, and that's okay. Oh, I'm not saying it's a gay thing. No, I know. But I'm, I'm saying no. I'm saying there are some heterosexual men that nah. enjoy it. And that's fine, but it is not the majority. And so Cosmopolitan shouldn't be painting this picture that it's the majority of men that want that going on. You know, all their advice that they have, I don't understand how they make a monthly magazine giving out, like, here's the 12 newest sex ideas. What is going on? I, I don't know. Every well, month. I, listen, I, I remember looking as a kid. Well, I just spit all over my mic. I'm getting excited. I just I remember when I was a kid. All that bee hole talk. Yeah, <laughs> make them a mouth juicy. All right. Uh, when I was a kid, I would be in the in line at the at the at the Albertson or the Safeway or the IGA. More uh, apropos, uh, I would see these wacky ass magazines, and I would and I would think, man, they, it's got to be real. They they've got to have the the legit line in on the secrets of what's going on it was almost like porn because as a you know the young little virgin kid who's just starting to you know the to realize just starting that to go. just just starting to realize that anywhere you touch yourself on the penis is good <laughs> just starting to realize that i it's it, it's enticing it's interesting it's it's titillating if you will and i think it's the same way for well, look, everybody wants to know secrets. Everybody wants to ha be in on the know on things that are esoteric and not quite understood. And that's what they offer. They're totally full of shit, but that's what they offer. Yeah, and it makes sense if an 18-year-old girl is buying it, a 19-year-old girl, even a 20-year-old. I don't know what's going on. But if you're like a grown woman that's been out there banging for a while – you know, you don't really need to read the Cosmo. You know what's going on. You know how things work. As Ryan Gosling said in Crazy Stupid Love, are people still saying banging? I only say bang. And I was saying it before that movie came out. So there you go. Of course.
That's how the word started back like in the 80s. Do you also say rad and tubular? Totally tubular? I do not. All right. I'll tell you what kind of guys are into the b-hole. We're getting back to it. I cannot believe we're doing this. It's guys who wear cologne. I can tell you that the guys that I look, it's just, hey, it's my impression. I'm allowed to have my opinion, and I'm just betting on this. I'm a gambling man. And the guys that I see who are wearing cologne, I'm not seeing them because I'm smelling them. You know the type. I definitely know the type. It's the guy with a lot of jewelry. Listen, men, listen. All right. Send the ladies out. I'm still here, though. Can I, Do I get to say? No. Act like you left. Okay. She Okay. Let's slam the door. Okay, she's gone. I'm still here. Listen. Th- go to your medicine cabinet or wherever the hell you keep that poison and throw away your cologne. You don't need that. You were given natural, musky man smell that women are biologically attracted to. You don't need the fruity smelling unisex cologne that's out there today you don't need the extra musky whatever the fuck you don't need that the sweet smelling sugary flower cologne you don't need it in fact i would venture to say you're gonna do a lot better without it you know what else you don't need to do you don't need to wax your arms even if you have tattoos i was watching that commercial okay she's back in here (laughs) I was watching that no-no commercial the other day with the thing with the light that they rub on their arm. Yeah, the and thing it's that clearly to... doesn't work. Yeah. And for one, everybody in that commercial is a Canadian, so it, it only can be that valid. But one of the guys is like, oh, yeah, this is way better than when I get my arms waxed. Are you listening to yourself? Yeah. Why is he waxing his arms? I don't know. I think there's definitely, you know, different women want different things, but I think that... Most women are attracted to, if they're attracted to men, if a woman is attracted to a man, she is attracted to a man and men are hairy and they don't shave their arms. And that's kind of just, well, I would, I would, I would definitely be shit out of luck if a woman wasn't into, if I was into a chick and she didn't like having a little hair in places that traditionally and I don't mean like caveman traditionally, but Sweden traditionally isn't supposed to be there. So, yeah. And going back to the cologne thing, I it's definitely very off putting, especially when someone with cologne walks into a room and all you can smell is their cologne. And then when they leave and they've been gone for, you know, 15, 20 minutes, you can still smell them and it's in your mouth. You can taste it. That is not a good situation. <laughs> Nobody wants that. It's gross. And I typically see, I typically am around people like that. And it seems like they're smokers and they're trying to cover mm, their yeah, smoke. Yeah, yeah. And that almost makes it worse because you can smell their smoke. It's both. And then you can smell the cologne, and it's just – it's too much. I yeah, don't know yeah. what's going on there. It's its like people who spray – shit spray is what we call it uh, – uh, room freshener or deodorizer in a bathroom after they've taken a poop. A poop. <laughs> uh, when you go back in there, it you don't think, hmm, wow, what a – that beautiful floral scent. You think, wow, this is – shit flavored flowers yeah it's cinnamon someone crapped in here and then sprayed some chemical that's supposed to smell like flowers 
All I smell is poop. Mm, pumpkin spice poop. Yeah. Or lighten the match. That doesn't work either. <laughs> That's just sulfur and poop. Yeah, you just need to let the poop smell go away. It's just natural. Turn on the fan. Open the door. Let the, everybody enjoy. <laughs> and like you were saying, they have those clubs where, you know, you, you go in and it's a blind date situation. Everybody takes their, their mm. shirt off. Oh, yeah. and, and then you get to smell the pheromones and you match up with people that you that you like based on the smell. Yeah. And so there's certain people who won't like your smell. But there's yeah. certain people who are going to want to get down on your smell. Well, I, to, to speak metaphorically and to create some stupid metaphor... I think it's people trying to be something they're not. Like when you're in junior high and you're like when I wore cologne, um, you're in junior high and you don't want to be who you are and you, anything other than who you are would be better. And you're insecure and you uh, you're trying to be somebody you're not to your friends. And that is what cologne is. If you want to personify cologne, it's that insecure junior high kid. That's what it is. So it, it goes – it's part and parcel, though, with a generational swing relative to how men are behaving. And this is a tired topic, I know, that the pussification of America and all the stupid words and the terms that get put out there. But there's something going on. It's, I was sitting at a bar one evening talking to the bartender who was having obvious fight and disagreement with someone, texting, and it was arguing, and then phone calls, and – and I was like, what is going on? Are you having a fight with one of your girlfriends? And she's like, no, it's my boyfriend. I'm like, what? Who? Are you sure that he's a man? Because it's a lot of drama about shit that dudes, men, shouldn't care about. What are you thinking about right now? What's a... It's... Men are men. We are biologically driven to be a man. And I'm not saying that we are spread our seed and all that bullshit because we are still higher thinking upper paleolithic hunter gatherers. We, we, we have grown, our minds have evolved us out of our biology relative to being a cheating organism or not cheating, but spreading our seed everywhere. Organism. We can choose to have a nurturing, loving monogamous relationship and have it be awesome. So, but something is a miss where we are trying to be more like women. And I don't want the, I, listen, if you're going to, if you're going to call, it's uh six, five, seven, four, six, four, 7609 bitch at that number, leave some angry voicemails about uh, traditional gender roles. And uh, go ahead. I would love to have somebody on the show and talk about this because it's, it's not a tough issue. We don't have to men are men. It's okay for a man to be a man. It's okay for a woman to be a woman. It's okay for a woman to love pink. But it's also okay for a woman to like black and blue and whatever other color that wouldn't be traditionally feminine. But men were men. I think it's also okay for a guy to ask what his girlfriend's thinking or... not. No, 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 no. You're right. I'm glad you made that. You, you brought that up. I'm not saying that a dude doesn't care what his woman thinks. It's th it's that stereotypical. What are you? What are you? What are you thinking? What, you're really quiet. What's going on in your head? What's a? <laughs> yeah, I think it, it, was, I, the, it was that weird, uh, just insecure, whiny bullshit. Yeah, that I don't know any woman that likes that. Yeah, 
That's why you're with a man. If you wanted to, if, if you wanted to be with a woman, you'd be with a woman. Or you'd pray that you were gay so you could be. So, I kind of went off on a tangent there. Yeah, you did. There will be more to come. Trust me. Now that we've got on this topic a little bit, I'm, I'm going to start thinking about it. I'm going to create a list. The shit men don't do. So, number one, men don't wear clothes. And I'm not, listen, I'm not talking about man as in man. Little M man. I'm talking about capital M men. A man. A man doesn't wear cologne. He just doesn't do it. Boys wear cologne. And little M men wear cologne. Men, they don't wear it. They don't need it. So on that note, (laughs) I will leave you with that wonderful pearl of wisdom. Yes. Or what I think is a wonderful pearl of wisdom. Yeah, probably more like that. (laughs) Leave it on that note? That's the better note? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Once again, we're going to end the show kissing your ass a little bit. We really sincerely, and I'm being serious, sincerely thank you for listening. We sincerely thank you for taking your time out of your day, tuning in, listen to my dumbass ramble on, and listening to Brittany's brilliant brain spill out knowledge all over your ears. Um, number 125 in just a few days. Again, sliding scale. I'm sure it's changed by now. Hopefully gone up. That's a wonderful thing. We're building an audience, and it's because of you. We thank you very much. 657-464-7609. Facebook, Twitter, email. Blah. This has been I Doubt It. I'm Jesse Dollimore. That's Brittany Page. Bye, guys. We'll see you next time. Touche chill.